Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We've been talking this month about the Holy Spirit who he is, what he does, why we need him in our life. In our series, we're calling Ghost Stories. We have one more week left next week. Um, and then I want to I make sure to turn you guys on to this, that the month of November, like I've, I've been blasting on social media, and, and, and I just want to let you know, guys, it's, it's going to be awesome, okay? Our At The Movies um, series is going to, it, it blew my mind, and I knew, like, I was the one who is recording the videos, so, but it's going to be really good, it's going to be very awesome, and let me tell you, if you're looking for an opportunity to invite a friend that is not engaged in church, unchurched, doesn't want, you know, that whole thing, November is going to be your month to do it. Um, it's going to be very fun. We're going to be looking at a different movie every single week, um, and uh, we're, we're going to be looking at some of the themes, some of the, the themes behind the, the movies and the writing and, and all that, and it's going, to be, it's going to be really good. It's going to be very on level for any of your unchurched friends. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be having popcorn out here like like fresh popcorn, we're going to be serving it to you guys. We're going to have soda. I don't. You guys say pop, I say soda. That's cool. You're wrong. I'm right. Okay. Um, I'll get jumped after the service today. Uh, but um, it's going to be a great time, and I just want to encourage you. You don't want to miss any of the Sundays, and this is why. Because it's illegal for us to put them online. Okay. So make sure you're here because you're not going to be able to go back and watch the podcast or anything um, for legal reasons. We're we're not able to to put movies on, on our website. So make sure you're here for that. It's going to be a great time. Um, you can go to our website, someofyou.online slash ATM. Uh, money, money. No, I'm just kidding. It stands for the movies. But you can go to our website and you can look at some more information about it. Also, I, there at the bottom, there are some downloadable um, graphics that you can, you can download it to your phone. You can text it to your friends to invite them. You can post it on your social media. We want to make it easy for you to invite your friends to that. So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a good time. You don't want to miss it. All right, but this month, uh, we're, we're still in our series, Ghost Stories. We're in week number three now. Our series verse comes out of John chapter 16. It says this, nevertheless, Jesus is saying, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. The Holy Spirit, um, also known as the helper here, it, he won't come to you. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. And here Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. He's saying that after he departs, uh, departed this earth, he was telling his disciples, after he departed these, this earth, he sent back a helper, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would empower us. He's, he's, what's in, he's our force that uh, uh, empowers us to live this Christian life the way that God intended us to live it. He's the, he's the, he's the person behind the power. And so we need him. We need him in our lives. If, if, if you... 
If you find yourself getting beaten down all the time, um, it's probably because you're not leaning into the power of God. It's, it's the power of God that, that supplies everything that you need, and it comes through the Holy Spirit. So week one, we talked about how through the Holy Spirit, guys, there's an upgrade that's available to our lives, that there is something better than what you're living right now, and the Holy Spirit wants more for you, and he is the secret sauce to get you there. And then uh, last week, we talked about how we can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do we follow the lead of the Holy Spirit? Go back and you can listen to those messages on our website or on our um, podcast. And next week is going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about how, how we attain uh, a fresh fire. Somebody, if you just need a fresh fire in your life, we're going to be talking about that and that there is more that God offers to you than you might assume and, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you about that, that more that God is offering. But this week, if you will, uh, turn with me real quick to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. I'm going to try to um, preach through this message at a decent time today so we can get out and get ready this, this fall festival. But I do believe that God has something that he wants to say to you today. And so I would encourage you as you came in, those message notes that were sitting in your seat, Grab that pen and fill them out um, because it's going be, to be something that you want to, you're going to want to hold on to this. You're going to want to look back at it um, weeks, months, years down the line. This is um, what God is, is saying to you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. Now Paul, the writer of Galatians, he's an apostle. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. The flesh is um, our our carnal nature. It's our our human nature that always uh, leans toward bad, leans toward evil. Okay, And for the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. But... If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. That's a whole lot of stuff there. But I I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Some versions say patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What he's saying there is if you live by the the fruit listed there, if your life perfectly represents those character traits, that that you're going to live God's law perfectly. Um, And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Provoking and envying each other. You know, People hate change, right? Like, they'll, they'll teach you that. They teach you that in, in leadership courses. We've got, we've got courses about um, change management is what they'll teach you in, um, in some leadership cl- classes because, because they, they believe that, you know, change, uh, is, 
change is hurtful to some people. It's harmful to some people in their emotional state. In fact, they've done studies on what's called this, the change curve. And the change curve is it's this graph, it's this bell curve that really shows the timeline of emotions and reactions um, of people as they're, cha- as they're taken through a change process. So something is changing in their life and how are they reacting to it. And there's a couple of different versions out there, different wording, but it all kind of aligns in the same way that they first start out when, when a big change is you know, put in their lap. They start out there in shock or denial. Then they move on to anger and fear. Then they move finally to acceptance and then to commitment to whatever that is. And you know, as I started looking at this, this change curve, when I first looked at it, I noticed one thing. That the change curve looked scarily similar to the five stages of grief that are, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. They, they kind of, it's weird how they mirror each other. That's a lot of people will process, they process change in their life almost like they process grief. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to me. So I can, I can see why people make this statement that people hate change. People hate change. And, and I learned, actually, in my counseling courses, they told me, um, and it's, it's kind of dangerous sometimes when you do this, but my professor told me, he said, you know, counseling can really boil down to one thing, helping people process change. That's, he said, that's your job. That's the one job you have. Just help people process change, whatever that may be. And, and so, yeah, I can understand it, though. You know, people hate change. But then I thought, no, you know what? Um, that would make sense if it weren't for new cars, new houses, new spouses. No, I'm just kidding y'all, not that one. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh yeah, don't, tell, don't look at them, okay? Husbands, you're already digging a hole. Okay, but, but uh, promotions, like there's a, there's a list of things that people won't hesitate to change. That they jump at the chance when resources are available that people will walk onto a car lot and three hours later, they're going to be driving away in something different. Some of y'all, you're like, three hours? <laughs> what kind of car lot did y'all go to? I spent 12 hours there, and I still didn't get the stinking car. I'm sorry, man. I'll pray for you. But, but they drive off in something completely different than what they drove up in. And I've never seen anyone that drives off the lot that's upset to share that new car with somebody. They're not, they're not mad about it. They don't hate that they have a new car. People don't, people don't hate that they have a new house, right? We got some top-of-the-line realtors right here, people. They don't hate that they, have, that they have a new house. So it can't be that people hate change. This is my theory, okay? This is just mine. Take it or leave it. I think that people don't hate change. They hate change that they can't see the benefits of. People hate the change that they can't see benefits from. And for most people, they hate the change that they can't see benefiting themselves, because people are selfish. Okay, from birth. Y'all don't believe me. Did anyone here with kids not have to teach your kid to share? Raise your hand. So I thought, yep. Oh, man, none of y'all have a baby Messiah there. Tell, <laughs> no baby Jesus is in the crowd. They're back there right now, actually, and y'all might hear them later. Some of them raising a ruckus. But anyway, change itself. People don't hate change Itself, People like it as long as they can see the benefit of it. Now, here's where it gets difficult for people in life. That in order for growth to happen, change is necessary. 
To get where you want to get, you're going to have to do something that you've not done. Let me say it like this. Your, per- your life is perfectly designed. See, I told you all. Did you hear him? <laughs> I'm a prophet. I just hear from the Lord. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But, but let me say it like this. Your life is perfectly designed right now to get the exact results that you're getting right now. But if you want to grow, change has to happen. Change has to happen. And it's, it's the same. It's, it's me, even more applicable, really, when we talk about spiritually. If you, if you want true growth in your life, spiritual change has to happen. Spiritual change has to happen in your life. You've, you've got to follow the voice of God. You've, you've got to lead into the guiding, lean into the guiding of the Holy Spirit. You've got to strengthen your spiritual discipline, disciplines and practices, reading your Bible, praying, spending, spending time alone. So, like solitude is good for some of y'all. You need to spend some time away. Jesus went up on the mountain in the morning because he said, this is getting too crazy. Some of y'all need to spend some time alone. But you've got to start applying God's word. You've got to change something if you want something to change. Now, let me tell you, if you're perfectly content with where you are today, right now, at this moment, and and you don't want anything else out of life, you can tune out for the rest of the message, okay? I'm just, you can, you can wait on until the fall festival. That's permission. But I'm speaking to the people this morning that want growth, that, that want better, that refuse to settle for less than, that less, that refuse to settle for, for good enough. And if we want true growth, we've got to let God change us Spiritually, and so the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, He is the change force in our lives. He's the one that's gonna that's gonna help us change. And and really, I just want to take you through this real quick. There's something that that the Holy Spirit does. I, we can I'll call it the Spirit cycle. Okay, when the Holy Spirit wants to change something in your life, there's there's three things that He'll do, and it's a cycle. And they they all start with P because I'm a pastor, and we like to. Start with the same letter on, on all of our things. So, but what he'll do is he'll prompt you. It starts with he'll prompt you about something. Hey, you know, something's off. Something's different. You want better? There's something here that you're going to have to deal with. And then it'll, he'll move on to, then he'll purify you. He'll point it out, and then he'll purify it. If we let him, you know you don't have to. You don't have to let it. He can, he'll point it out to you, but you don't have to let him change it. That's, that's, that's how God has designed us in, in his relationship, that we have this free will, that you can absolutely sit and, and be exactly like you are today a year from now. But I'll tell you, if that's you, you're probably not going to be exactly like you are a year from now. It, it never trends to the, the better side. It always trends worse. But, but what's going to happen is he'll prompt you about something, and then he'll start to, if you let him, he'll start to, to purify it. Now, you, there's two different types of purifying that I know of in life. There's either like the filter or there's the, you, you burn it, right? There's, there's a heat. I like the filter personally myself. But sometimes it, call, it, it means that you go through a hard situation and, and through that situation something has changed inside of you and the Holy Spirit will use that. And then once he's purified you, then he's going to produce something. He's going to put something in the gap. 
He's going to fill it with something good. He's taken out something bad. He's going to fill it with something good. And there, there are the things that God grows in us, that he adds to us, in order to accomplish the next thing. And then, here's the good news. The cycle starts all over again. And, and, and we'll be doing this for the rest of our lives. And there's a fancy word here that, that, uh, you'll, that I'm going to teach you today. It's called sanctification. This is this process of us becoming more like Jesus, us becoming purified, us becoming uh, closer and closer to who Jesus is. And it's a process to become more holy. The word holy doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means you're set apart for a purpose. As we, as we become more set apart, we, we look a little bit different than what the world has to offer. This is us, this process of sanctification. Now, it's a little bit different today than, than when we read in our Old Testament. In the Old Testament in your Bible, the Holy Spirit couldn't live inside of people. He couldn't indwell a believer. You won't find that anywhere in your Old Testament because it was impossible. There's this barrier that was between us and God called sin. And so as long as we were unholy, as long as we were impure in our spirit, the Holy Spirit couldn't reside there. Um, but through the sacrifice of Jesus, that barrier has been taken down. That we're no longer, um, when we get saved, we're, we're changed from a sinner to a saint. Our spirit is transformed and given life, and now the Holy Spirit can reside in us. In fact, the Bible says this, that God exchanges his righteousness for our own. His, um, for our filthy rags, he gives us his unblemished garments, his unblemished robes. But he does something deeper than just the surface level. Ezekiel chapter 36 says this in verse 26. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you to move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God's saying through the prophet Ezekiel here that there, there was going to, he wrote this thousands of years ago. He said, there's going to come a day where God's going to be able to make this exchange. And he's going to give you this heart of flesh for this heart of stone. And, he, and then once he's done that, once he gives you a heart that's alive, that gives you a heart that, that can connect with God, then he's going to put his spirit in us to help us follow his commands, to help us follow his laws. Everybody say change is good. Change is good. It's true. Change is good. Because God doesn't want to just do something for us. He wants to do something in us. He wants to do something in us. And, and you know, um, as I was really looking at, at, at this message, playing this series, I thought about talking about spiritual gifts today, but, but I'm going to refrain from that. You know, if you want to learn all about spiritual gifts, there's a great place that we, ha that we offer for you. It's on the first Sunday of every month. It's called Pathway. We can talk about spiritual gifts, talk about how your unique talents and gifts, because God has given you some, are, he wants you to use those for a purpose in life. So I thought about talking about, you know, how the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, mostly um, there's a lot of... of um, Factions and, and thing, places out there that they talk about all about the power, all about the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, it's important. It's important. But this morning, this morning, I don't want to talk about how, uh, uh, I don't want to talk about power. I want to talk about produce. I want to talk about produce, vegetables, fruit, produce. 
So for the next few minutes, I'm going to talk to you from the subject of how the Holy Spirit produces produce in your life. Galatians 5, chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 22. We read this list of characteristics that, that were um, we were encouraged to avoid. We were encouraged strongly to avoid it. Stuff like sexual immorality and debauchery and idolatry and discord and division and selflessness. There was 15 things that were written there. And then the little tag on the end, and the like. <laughs> and the like, meaning like um, anything else that, that kind of would be applicable here is that little clause at the end. Uh, you know, when someone joins the lead team here at church, um, I give them a description of their role and their responsibilities. And, uh, and then at the end of their responsibilities, I have this little tag on the end that says, um, and anything that the lead pastor finds applicable to the role. Because you can lay it out for them, but you know, if, if there's something else, that's the, that's the same thing that Paul's doing here. He's like, you know what? This isn't the comprehensive list, but this is a good place to get started. These 15 things that you want to info- avoid. So first, we have that, that list of all these things to avoid. But then the writer Paul, he gives us another list that's really juxtaposed to this one, to the first. It's the opposite of the first one. And he refers to this as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's nine of them. And this is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I just want to point out this word fruit when it's written in the Greek, it's, it's a singular term, meaning that there's not just nine. You don't just need to work on this one and work on this one. This No, when, when we inherit the Spirit, that means you're getting all of it. There's the fruit, the one fruit that encompasses all nine of these characteristics, okay? So, but this morning, um, I want to give you three things about the produce that the Holy Spirit produces. Three things this morning. I'll try to be quick for you. Got a few more minutes here. Um, number one, number one, here's the truth. Fruit needs to be tended. Fruit needs to be tended. Guys, in order for good fruit to grow, the tree needs to be taken care of. The, it, it, needs to be, it needs to have the right mixture of sunshine and nutrients and the rain to make it produce and the soil's got to be right. Like in order for things to grow... And watch, watch this. If, if today the earth stopped giving rain, the sun was blotted out, the soil was dried up, you know what would happen? No more good fruit. No more fruit would be produced because it doesn't have the mix of all the things that, that it needs to have in order to, to produce this. And just like that, you've got to tend your own heart. Just like the tree has to have all the right nutrients and, and the mix of things that are giving life to it and, and, and breeding things in it and, 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 and living from it, your heart needs to be, uh, it needs to be tended to. It's, but it starts, with the, it starts with the soil. It starts with the roots. That's your heart. Guys, good roots equal good fruits, okay? Good roots equal, Sorry. I put the S on the end because it rhymed better. But anyway, you've got to commit, guys, to, to staying close to God. You've got to commit to reading your Bible. You've got to commit to letting the Holy Spirit change your life patterns. Because your roots got to be healthy. Your heart's got to be healthy. If you want to yield these good fruits, that, the, the good fruit that Paul's talking about, your heart has to be in a healthy spot. And, and, and it comes from, from making sure that you're staying close 
to Jesus. There's two things uh, in Scripture that we're encouraged not to do in regards to the Holy Spirit. There's two things in Scripture. Uh, one, it says, do not quench him. Like the, the word quench, um, don't, don't quench him, like um, really relating to the gifts of the Spirit that he's got. Like don't stop the Holy Spirit from moving through your life because he wants to move. Don't stop it. Don't quench it. He says don't quench him, but also don't grieve him. So, so quenching would be like putting a fire out, like putting a lid over a fire and, and, and letting it just die out. He says don't do that. But also, the, it says, don't grieve him. Don't grieve him. So don't quench him relates really to spiritual gifts and the things that he gives us. Don't, don't stop. and don't, you got to let God move through your life. But then, don't grieve him really relates to the fruit. It relates to our actions, our characteristics. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't poison your soul and expect good fruit to grow, to grow from your tree. Here's a side note. Grieving the Holy Spirit, if you look it up in your Bible, I'm going to give you the chapter in the verse, okay, where it says this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Guys, this whole chapter is on unity. It means being one. It means like being together, moving in the same direction. It's all on unity. And you know the major way that you grieve the Holy Spirit is any moment that you're not in unity with your brothers and your sisters, so, so when you sow discord, when you, when you cause division, when you're being divisive, when you're, when you're causing disunity amongst a group of people, that's how you grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says don't do that. Don't do that. Because the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, he came upon the disciples and the first thing that he did was he unified every language. He unified so every single person that was there could hear the gospel preached in their own language. The Holy Spirit works in unity. And when you sow anything else into the soil, you're grieving him. Whether it's, whether it's at work, you're, you're, you're starting to be divisive at work, you're spreading this to this person, this to this person, and people are being separated, stop liking. Whether it's at work, whether it's at church, whether it's at home, you got to find a way to walk together, guys. World changers, the people that change the world, it's not one person. It's a group of people that are unified. That are unified. you got to tend the fruit if you want to keep it healthy. Get rid of the pests in your heart that keep eating up all of the good fruit and, and stop sprinkling things into your soil that's going to ruin your soul. Tend the, the fruit at the root. Number two, number two, fruit is natural. Fruit is natural. I love using this illustration. They laugh at me every time. But I've got an apple tree behind my house. And you know, I've never been, <laughs> I've never been woken up in the dead of the night or been walking around my house and get startled because I hear, Urgh! that would freak me out, okay, personally. But I've never, that's never happened to me. And I've never looked outside and seen this apple tree struggling and striving to produce apples. It doesn't have to work. I've never seen, I've never looked outside and been like, what in the world? And, and seen the tree. And there's an apple. <laughs> Why? Because it's natural for a tree to produce apples. If it's well taken care of, 
The fruit is a byproduct of the health of the tree. Producing fruit is natural for a tree. It's what it was created to do. And as long as that limb is connected to a healthy tree trunk, that, that, that tree is going to produce healthy fruit. And so for a Christian, producing this good fruit of the Spirit, it should be natural. It shouldn't be that you have to strive and to struggle to live this good life and then, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It's not what it is. You don't have to try and struggle. You just have to realize, guys, you were created to produce good fruit. You were created to live a life that models these characteristics. All you've got to do is stay connected to the tree trunk. Let me show you. John chapter 15 verse 5 says this. Jesus says, and he's speaking to all his disciples. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, if we, if we stay connected to each other, when he says, when he says vine here, what, what this really is is the tree trunk, okay? He says, I'm the trunk of the tree. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, But apart from me, you can do nothing. As long as you stay connected to the source, as long as you're keeping your life connected to Jesus, you're not going to have to struggle to produce this good fruit in your life. You're not going to have to struggle to produce these good character traits. It's going to be a natural byproduct. He says, stay connected to me, and you're going to produce good fruit. Quit trying trying so hard to change your habits, your your character flaws, and just start pursuing a relationship with God. You don't have to change this and change this and change this and change this. Seek God, and he'll work it out. He'll work it all out of you. Quit working on your performance and just change your priorities. Then finally, number three. Number three, fruit is a symbol of health. Fruit is a symbol of of health. Guys, a healthy tree produces what? Nobody's listening. Healthy tree produces healthy fruit. Good, thank you. I can always count on my father-in-law. Good. You know what the sign of a healthy apple tree is? Healthy apples. You can judge the condition of a tree based on the condition of the fruit that it bears. Dead trees don't bear good fruit. Jesus says, we go on in verse 8 of the same chapter, John chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus says this, this is to my Father's glory. That was loud, huh? Whoa! Some of y'all just thought you felt the Holy Ghost moving here. It wasn't. It was was just a startle. If I jumped on chairs, it wouldn't because I caught the Spirit. Okay, I just got scared of the keyboard. Um, Anyway, Jesus says, John, Jeff, now that's nice and relaxing. That's better, huh? Sorry, ADHD. Here we go. John chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God's desire for you is that you would bear fruit. God's desire is, is, is so that you, your life would be so awesome that that people could see that you're his disciple and in turn they'd want to become one themselves because you've got something that they're, they're lacking. They w- God wants people to see your good fruit 
and it's to God's glory. God wants some, he wants people to see that something's different about you so that they can recognize that they, they need that too. You know, people that grow these gigantic pumpkins and gigantic cucumbers, uh, you know, you, you hear about them, you read about them, all these humongous fruits and vegetables and the papers and the news stations always want to know, how'd you do it? What was the secret to growing, you know, this pumpkin that was so, so big? What, the, the world record pumpkin, what was the secret to it? You know, people should see how healthy and on display the fruit of the Spirit is in your life so that they will eventually ask you, how are you like this? I don't get it. How, are you, how, do, you, how do you have so much peace going through such a chaotic situation? How do you stay so calm when that person would have made me so angry? How'd you handle that situation so well? I would have fallen apart. They should be asking these questions. God wants that. And the answer for you, the good thing is, the answer for you is easy. It's always the same thing. But God changed me. God changed me. How did, how do you, how did you handle that? God changed me. And he continues to change me. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.